Okay, friends, part two of About Me. So if you haven't listened to part one, make sure that you do so. Happy New Year, obviously. And we're jumping back into where we left off. So where we left off was I had the ski trip in Zermatt. It was fucking dreamy with a great guy, or so I thought at the time, actually. I've gone through that whole situation. Anyway, so now we are back in London. We're back in London. I've decided I'm finding a way to get out of here because I hate London. I hate what it's doing to me. I hate living here. I need to go back to the US. The US is where I belong. And I will say this is tying to what I was saying in, in part one of like the new like about me um, podcast episode where I believe that what has allowed me to achieve and, conti- and what continues to allow me to achieve so much in a short amount of time every year is because I follow what feels in alignment and I get out of situations that don't feel in alignment. I, I do not want to feel stuck. I do not want to feel stagnant. I do not want to feel fucking depressed because I am not making a choice for myself that I know I need to make. So obviously I knew that we were still in COVID. London was still in a, London was in another lockdown and I was like, I don't give a fuck. I'm leaving. My parents, my dad were like, you are an idiot. Do not, do not, do not. Like a lot of fear. And I was like, shut up. I am going. I don't care what you're saying. I found a way. The way was you fly to Mexico. So I packed all my stuff up. I put it in a storage unit in London because I thought that I might come back in a few months time once everything settled down, et cetera. And that was a whole other kind of situation. But um, yeah, learned a lot from that stuff as well. And that was really hard. It's Moving is emotional, whether you're moving from a place that you hate or not, packing up your life and going into a new unknown chapter is a lot, full stop. And I've moved a lot in my life. So don't love it. Anyway, um, what was I going to say? So I had jelly at this point. Oh, I know what I forgot to say as well. Okay. So during COVID, maybe around like August, October, something like that, September, October, or I don't know, whatever. When did I get jelly? I want to, I think I got jelly in, I got jelly in October, I think of, yeah, of in London, October of 2020. So jelly is one of my dogs. And I remember I was going through this phase where, I mean, that year was a fucking lot, guys. Jesus Christ, the shit going on that year was just unfathomable. I remember I was so alone. I was so depressed. I was having this week where it was like, it was this week where, or maybe it was a few weeks, I can't remember, where I just wanted the days to end. I'd be excited to go to sleep because I just wanted the days to end. I seriously was a prisoner in my life with, you know, being away from my family, really not having any friends. I had like two friends in London hated it, whatever. It was, I just felt, I felt so, I felt so, so lonely. What gave me less of a feeling of being lonely was definitely my work, which is why I worked a lot during that year. Not that I burnt myself out because I wasn't doing social arrangements, social engagements in X, Y, and Z, but I worked a lot because it gave me a feeling of community and connection, but it's obviously not the same as being in person with people. So I had my ups and downs by um, 100%. And towards the end of the year, things definitely got a lot better. Um, I hired Sarah at that point. For those of you that remember her, she would come down once a week to London and we would work together for a day a week. You know, I was one of my friends, Amy, that lived in London. We planned more dates together, but it was really like to work together. It was really hard because everyone lived very far away from me in London. I was in Battersea, but London's very scattered, kind of like LA. New York is so easy to get everywhere. I fucking love it. London is a shit show like that. So what was really hard was also that everybody had different viewpoints on 
do they want to break the rules and come see each other? Or are they scared or X, Y, and Z? So it was just this constant kind of stress. You know, I remember hosting one kind of gathering at my house once the rules like softened a little bit, which was fantastic, but it was all a band-aid for everything. It really was. And it had to be because we couldn't get out of these situations. So anyway, um, I moved, I left London and I went to Tulum. So jelly, sorry, backtrack jelly. So I was having this really rough week and I just had this moment of like, fuck it. I'm getting an effing dog. And I'd been looking at getting a dog a little bit, but I just had this moment where like, I need a dog right now. I'm calling him in. Not joking, a day later, I saw this ad for Jelly and he was a toy poodle that needed to be rescued, I mean, adopted. But when I rocked up at this place, I was like, Jesus Christ, this is a rescue mission. Um, and he looked really sick in the pictures. He was a bit, he was quite a sick puppy. He's gotten a lot healthier now. I'm sure you guys can remember, like every time we would travel, he'd have horrendous diarrhea. He'd always be sick, etc. Now he's stabilized and fine. Um, and so, yeah, I got Jelly and he was the light of my life. I always say that he was my angel. He really was. He kept me going. He brought this new spark into my life. And for those of you that don't have dogs, maybe you don't understand this, but it brought this new spark and love into my life. I just needed to feel like I could look after something and that I had companionship. And Jelly really became like my best, best friend. He did. So when he nearly died uh, last year, when we were in Telluride, I was distraught because he is my angel, but I also thought that he didn't need to be my angel anymore because I'd met the love of my life and etc. So anyway, jumping forward. So I left London and I went to Tulum. I found the loophole. Oh my God, ladies, the tickets for my Australia event are back. This is my only event in Australia and we have planned my calendar for this year, 2023. And then we're getting married next year in 2024. And who knows what is in store for 2025. So, oh my God, that sounds crazy, 2025. So if you've been saving up or you've been wanting to work with me, this is your sign and your chance to do so. The event is seriously going to quantum leap your healing as there is really no self-sabotage that can rear its ugly head because you are in person with me, not behind a computer screen. And you're in an environment that will really support you in condensing time as you literally go through a healing portal and come out looking different on the other side and obviously in a good way. Seriously, the before and after pictures are wild. So the ticket link is below for you to check out. There is a payment plan and a pay in full option and a reminder this is the only time that I am coming coming to Australia to do this event. And there is no other event out there like this. It is fun. It is high vibe and it is deep and healing. And there are tears like it is two ends of the spectrum. And it is the most nourishing three days that you will probably ever have in your life. Not to mention you will make incredible lifelong friends. So Jelly and I packed our stuff up. We went to Tulum, we flew there and we stayed there for two months. You guys would remember that my house got robbed. Um, and I then moved to different accommodation, which was way more secure. And I lived there and it was beautiful. Honestly, it was kind of paradise. And I also hated it because I didn't realize how run down Tulum was at the same time. And my nervous system was so fucking jacked at this point and just wrecked from the year that I could not deal with any feelings of unsafety. It just would throw me off like no one's business. I was really fortunate though Again, like just the way the universe works when your alignment is incredible. So when I was flying to uh, Tulum, I met this guy on the plane and he 
spoke five languages, was like an ex-police officer, blah, blah, blah. So funny. He was going to Tulum as well, but we just kind of like say goodbye on the end, at the end of the plane, whatever, the end. I saw him one morning as I was jogging along the beach. He was jogging along the beach too. So we exchanged numbers and we ended up going out the night that my house got robbed. So we were at like a restaurant bar club thing together and having a fun time. I was with Jelly, of course, because he came everywhere with me because I loved him to bits and he was my best friend. And it was too loud and he wasn't liking it. So I said to him, I'm just going to take him back to my house and drop him there and then I'll come back. Anyway, the thing with Tulum is that like there's no reception, blah, blah, blah. You have to connect to Wi-Fi everywhere. Luckily, he connected to the Wi-Fi there. And I, when I got home and found out my stuff had been robbed, that I had Wi-Fi there too. So I phoned him and he came back and was able to communicate with the security guards in Spanish what had happened because they couldn't understand anything that I was saying and I was bawling my eyes out. And he actually slept um, in one of the other rooms at the house for a few nights as well to help me to just feel safe again, etc. And like nothing happened, for anyone cares, nothing happened, just a friend, blah, blah, blah. But it was just one of those moments where it was like, we're so quick to judge people and push people out, but really these people can be coming like a saving grace for us in moments of need that you have no idea about. So I just thought that was like incredible that met this guy on the plane, run into him on the beach one morning, and then he ends up being there to help me in kind of a time of crisis because getting robbed and seeing on security footage, all of your bags going, being gone through is very fucking violating. Um, anyway, so that was Tulum. I left Tulum then because I spoke to my lawyers and I decided to get back. I try, I decided to risk it to get back into the US. So I got back into the US, um, went skiing for two months. And what's actually funny, and I forgot to mention this in this relationship series of, about my engagement, is that my fiance and I, we didn't know each other at this point. We were both skiing at the same time in Beaver Creek not joking, in Colorado, we never ran into each other. And I'm sure we probably, it's a really small town. I'm sure we passed each other and never thought about it and never thought twice of it. And that for me is such one, it's one of those moments where it's like timing is everything as in not just be at the right place at the right time, but be in the right place in your life and at the right time. And if I met him during that moment of my life, one, I wasn't ready for anything. I was fucking trying to figure my shit out and whatever. And number two, he was not ready for anything by any means. I mean, he says that if I met him even two months prior, I wouldn't have even given like to when I did, I wouldn't have even given him the light of day. So anyway, I went skiing for two months and then I actually moved back to New York. So when I moved back to New York, I was living in a hotel in Soho Grand for about two months. It was rough as guts, especially having a dog and everything. Um, I managed to obviously negotiate a pretty good rate, but it was still very expensive and whatnot. And But at the same time, I was so happy. I was back in New York. Like I couldn't complain at all. So I was back in New York. I was so happy. Everything was moving in the right direction, like alignment, alignment, alignment. Towards the end of those two or three months that I was living in the hotel, I was getting really fucking antsy. And then as you guys know, I found my dream apartment. Um, and that was a whole journey of its own There's episodes on that that you guys can listen to. But then I found my dream apartment, which was absolutely incredible. There's actually an episode, a, 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 pod, a YouTube video on how I manifested my dream apartment, maybe a podcast too, but you guys can search that on YouTube, Monarchy 8's How I Manifested My Dream Apartment. So you can listen to that if you want to. And then my whole New York life kind of happened. So in terms of COVID, like that was the shit show of it. And it made me realize that I I learned a lot. I definitely learned a lot. 
And one of them being that even if you don't miss your home, you can be homesick because homesickness isn't just about your family and your actual you know, house that you grew up in. It's a feeling of safety. You are sick for a feeling of safety. You are sick for a feeling of being at home. I'm not homesick at all anymore since moving back to New York. The only times that, that, that my homesickness would get triggered would be on really, really gloomy days because it would trigger my pain from London. But I healed that. Once I, re- once I realized that was, my, that was what was triggering my homesickness on those days, did the healing around it and then it was gone and I was fine. So I would say that what I learned from COVID is that life can seriously change in an instant. And boy, is it important to one, have emotional regulation, two, have tools up your belt, three, to, I mean, tune into your intuition to know that, you know, like my intuition told me to go to London. I'm still glad that to this day, I'm glad that I went to London, not Australia. And then three, I would say that uh, COVID also made me realize that life can seriously change in an instant. I mean, it changed for a lot of us in an instant in a negative way. And then there was a lot of positives that came out of that. It made me realize, it made me be grateful for the relationships that I have in my life. And it really made me be grateful for just life, for all those little moments that we're so often not grateful for, like going and getting coffee or you know, going on a, on a little weekend trip. We're so often not grateful for those moments, but all we wanted during COVID was to not be stressed going to the supermarket, to feel like it was okay to leave our house. And obviously everywhere had different rules. So some of you won't relate to this, but London was one of the strictest lockdowns. And it was, I know my Australians will relate to this. It was beyond the hardest thing I'd ever been through mentally. And I think it's important for us all to actually take a moment when you can from this episode, take a moment to reflect on what did you learn from COVID? Like, what did you learn that you want to make sure that you continue to implement and embrace for the rest of your life? Because boy, was it negative during that. And I still don't agree with how it was handled by any means. I would know all of our own opinion on that from a mental health standpoint. I do not agree with any of it. And I really spoke up about that during COVID. Um, So I don't agree with it. And I will say that there was beautiful things about it. I chose to see a lot of beauty in it. And looking back, I still do choose to see beauty in it in terms of the beauty of the growth that I received, the people that I met, the friends that I made, et cetera, et cetera. So, I mean, even one of my best friends who will be one of my maid of honors, I met her through that guy that I went on a Zermatt ski trip with Uh, because he then moved to New York after me, lol. (laughs) He moved to New York after me very shortly after. He went to the same gym as my best friend that I didn't know at the moment. And he introduced me to her. And she's one of my bestest friends in the world. And I couldn't live without her. And it's like, well, if I didn't move to London, I wouldn't have met him. And then I wouldn't have moved back to New York. And then he wouldn't have moved to New York. And then I wouldn't have met her. So like I would never go to that gym in Murray Hill, et cetera, et cetera. So I mean, we have to believe that everything happens for a reason. Otherwise, we're just setting ourselves up, setting ourselves up for pain, in my opinion. All right. Oh my God. Okay. Next component, relationships. So obviously you guys know that I'm now engaged and the whole story's just been released. You guys can listen to those episodes for the details. Since the last, since I launched my podcast in 2019, so the last couple of years, I've been 
I dated a lot and I, in my life I've been in like three serious, not necessarily all serious, depends on what you describe as serious. I've been in three other committed relationships and dated a lot. I had the flings, I had the things, I had the situationships, I had the trauma puns and the things where you get strung along and you keep thinking maybe he'll make the move today, et cetera, et cetera. And I've learned a lot in the last four years about relationships and I've done it very, very quickly in terms of what I learned. I learned quickly. I up level quickly. We move at a quick pace, et cetera, et cetera. Um, at the beginning of last year, I met the love of my life and my fiance, uh, you listen to the full story and now I'm obviously engaged and uh, I'm no longer single and I have no doubt that I w- we will be together forever, not just because of what we both believe in terms of relationships, but also just because of the health and the communication that we have and the growth mindset that we have in our relationship and the fact that we have very, very similar values. I just can't really imagine us letting ourselves ever get bored, complacent, resentful, etc. in our relationship and love that we have for each other is just beyond what most people get to experience in their life. So I'm really grateful for that. Um, I will say COVID taught me a lot about relationships. It taught me a lot about men. It taught me a lot about attachment styles. It taught me a lot about how to heal from anxious attachment styles and to heal from the root of anxiety that rears ugly head in relationships Um, and some of you guys would know this, but I think I probably would have shared this in my first about me as well, that my previous relationships to even the ones that I had, even though, even, even the flings and the situations and the kind of relationships that I've had in the last couple of years, those previous ones that I had when I was a little bit younger, they were all unhealthy and Every single one of them and every trauma bond and every situationship and every kind of thing and relationship has taught me so much that I have, that, that, that has then been used to support me in now getting in the healthiest relationship. So I know for some of you, it can feel like disheartening when it's like you're dating, dating, dating and not getting anywhere, but it's like, what I want you guys to know is that if you are learning something from every situation that you are in with dating, when you meet that person, it will all make sense. Just because you haven't found your person doesn't mean you're doing anything wrong. In fact, you keep doing everything very, very, very right and you're not settling. So no, you haven't found your person and you're not in a relationship yet, but that's not a bad thing. That's a really good thing sometimes because it means that you haven't settled for just a relationship. It means that you are waiting for the right relationship. So I really embraced that after my first couple of relationships that just were not good. And once I did a lot of work on myself, a lot of healing, healing my daddy issues, healing all my trauma, et cetera, it really changed the way that I dated and it changed what I settled for in a relationship. Um, And just even with men in general, I use COVID a lot. And I use dating in the last couple of years prior to meeting my fiance. I used it as so much education for you guys. I was so curious about it. I was so fascinated by it. I was obsessed with it. And I knew the pain that it was causing so many people around not understanding men because I understood them so well. I didn't feel what a lot of people felt 
to that same extent with dating. So I really made it my mission to try and date more, to learn about the different ways of dating, the different guys that you can date, to then try and be able to bring more teachings to the table and help to the table um, for you guys. Another thing with my relationships is that I'm not friends with any school friends that I had from my last school. So the last school that I went to in Melbourne was Loretto and um, I'm not friends with any of the girls from there. They all can do their own thing, but they were all bitches to me when I started my business. And during COVID, I did this like sisterhood wounding call because one of the girls that I went to school with, her mum sent me a message that was meant to go to somebody else being like, what did it say? It was something about like, oh my God, is she on drugs? She's crazy. Like something, I can't remember. And I was just like, oh my God, this sisterhood wounding runs so deep that a mid 40 year old woman is ripping down a 20 something year old girl, the same age as her daughter because of her own insecurities. Anyway. If you haven't heard, we're doing a giveaway for all of you incredible listeners that leave reviews on the podcast. So all you need to do is write a review on Apple Podcasts on your phone or computer, screenshot it and send it to support at monarchyatehealth.com. And I will send you a special meditation that is only available this way. So you cannot buy this meditation off my website or get it any other way. And the meditation is really going to support you in coming back to yourself and stop any leaking energy in its tracks. So quickly scroll to the bottom of my podcast page where you can see the list of all the previous episodes on your Apple podcast app or on your desktop and click write a review, take a screenshot and send it to us so we can send you that meditation as a little thank you. I did an Instagram live all about sister wounding. You guys fucking loved it. And I've done another one recently. It's on the podcast, etc. So you can listen to it if you need to. And there was girls that, and I talked about, you know, how I'm not friends with anybody from my schools, blah, blah, blah. And there was girls from Loretto that had the audacity to reach out to me and try and be friends with me. And I was just like, oh my God, what is happening? Absolutely not. So I'm not friends with anyone from my school, uh, my last school. The people that I'm friends with still from school is a few girls that I'm friends with from the school that I went to in Sydney, in Australia. Uh, I think the difference of the relationship is that we just grew up together at a younger age. And so we're more fully accepting of each other. I I, it could be an age thing of the way in which we grew up and that we were younger and less judgmental of each other versus, you know, grade 10, 11, 12, your, your relationship is so much programming of the way that you perceive each other and your judgment towards each other and just the bitchiness that girls have at school as they're trying to figure themselves out at hormones and everything. So the girls that I'm still friends with that I went to school with, we went to school when we were much, much, much younger. And there's just this full self-acceptance that also comes because they are confident in where they're at with their life. They love themselves. They, you know, they don't feel the need to rip down other people to make themselves feel better. So because they're secure, it's allowed our relationship to also stay good, even though, you know, I've grown my own business, etc. What basically happened as the short version, I know I've talked about it before in those sisterhood winning episodes is that I grew my business. And when I started it, there was a lot of jealousy. Pretty much everyone at school that I went to in the last few years, they were still living at home, you know, which is fine. There's nothing wrong with doing that, but they made it they were so insecure about that, obviously, that they felt the need to like pull me down. I was one of, I think, three girls in my grade that went on a gap year. I think it was a lot of jealousy from that, that I didn't go into uni straight away. I took a breathing moment and then went into university, which I'm really glad that I did. So anyway, ladies, if you're not friends with people from school, nothing's wrong with you. It's okay. 
Um, I will say also is that I do have a lot of new friends. I have a lot of friends that I've made as an adult and I am okay with people being filtered out. I'm okay with having a friend for a year and then it no longer being in alignment or we outgrow each other or life happens and we just go our separate ways and, you know, whatever. And then maybe we come back together or maybe we don't. It's okay. I really don't stick myself to these friendships. If I have to be friends with this person and if we're no longer friends, I've done something wrong or they're an asshole X, Y, and Z. Because the people that you are deep, deep, deep friends with, it's going to stay that way. You'll come in and out of friendships with those more surface level friends. That's okay. And nothing's wrong. Nothing is wrong. Okay. My throat is literally getting sore from talking so much. So we need to finish up in a second. Okay. So health update in the last couple of years. So for those of you that don't know, I had a really bad ski accident in uh, 2017. And since then I've had four surgeries. I had my surgery a few days after the ski accident. And then I had three more surgeries. And at the end of 2021, I had another surgery that definitely allowed me to filter out more friends for sure. It was not ideal. Got into a really bad fight with my family about it. I had to pay out of pocket. It was a whole thing. The doctors were an absolute fucking joke. It was, I don't know if I've talked about it before. I think I talked about it on my Instagram. It was the worst experience I've ever had at a hospital. It was very, very traumatizing. Um, and yeah. So the ski accident that happened, I still ski. I still love to ski. I don't think it will ever change, but that was, that's been a really big thing on my health. I would say the only, uh, the only thing that throws my health out is my knee. Um, if my knee has been under a lot of stress from like walking or exercise or temperature change, it'll actually throw my whole pelvis out and I get really bad, excuse me. I, I get really bad tailbone pain and then I can get bad neck pain. Um, but with a combination of stress reduction and acupuncture and just knowing that these kind of things happened and putting heat on my knee to get that chi flowing down there and the blood flowing down, all those things I found what works for me. And my knee is obviously getting better and better as the years go by and all the energy work, of course. So that's kind of the main thing that has happened since that first about me episode, You guys would know from that episode, I lost my period twice, once for about 18 months when I was coming off the pill. And then once again, when I had my ski accident, um, and that's really what started my business is losing my period. I was already doing a food blog at the time and I transitioned into talking about my period and getting it back and you guys loved it. And then I figured out this whole situation of, wait, I think men can influence women's periods, which they can dove deep into that research. That is then what moved me into then the feminine energy work. And then I got into the trauma healing stuff. Once I realized my gifts for that very naturally, I became super interested in studying trauma. So I studied trauma heavily and still to this day, I'm always learning and studying and learning, learning and studying about that. And then over that time, since growing my business and talking more about the feminine and masculine and understanding men and polarity and being in a relationship and always talking about being the feminine in a relationship, that has also then developed into me teaching and sharing and helping people heal so that they can be in their feminine in the relationship so they can let their man lead so they can embrace feminine leadership in their business, et cetera, et cetera. So the business and everything has been a very natural and authentic 
evolution. Um, and I will say that um, also with my health, for the first time ever during COVID, I actually started to struggle with my skin. I've never struggled with my skin when I was growing up or a teenager. I'm very fortunate from that. Like besides, you know, like the few pimples here or there, I never really struggled with it during COVID. And this was like Vogue wrote about it. It was a full blown thing. The amount of stress that we were all under, it was throwing our bodies completely out of whack, throwing our gut health and our adrenals out of whack and our sebum production. And so what was happening is that I was actually getting pimples like on my jawline and kind of badly, they'd be painful. And I'd never experienced that before. And that was frustrating to say the least, because I knew what was causing it and I couldn't get out of it. I knew that it was being caused by COVID and the stress of it all, but I couldn't get rid of that root problem. So I was taking the supplements. I was doing the things, which was helping it. My period definitely went a little bit funny during that time, as did most. I didn't get PMS or anything. My period, my cycle decided to get a little bit shorter. It was around kind of the 26-day mark, and I've got a 31-day cycle. So it was regular, but it was a bit shorter um, because of the adrenals, because of the stress that my adrenals were under. That's all stabilized out. And I knew why that was happening. So I wasn't too stressed about that either because my body was responding to the external stimulus and I knew that it was just temporary. So I was reminding myself of that during that time. When I moved back to New York, that definitely helped my skin. Drinking the amount that I drank in New York for the first little bit until I stopped drinking, that did not help my skin. Um, and I will say that COVID dysregulated my uh, nervous system and my adrenals to a pretty large extent subconsciously. So what I want you guys to understand is that consciously wasn't stressed. Living life, great sleep, eating well, great energy through the day, et cetera, et cetera. This was in New York and in even London, everything was fine. But subconsciously, that subconscious stress, even when I left London, and even when I, you know, was out of COVID and X, Y, and Z, because my body moved from the stress of COVID to then the stress of New York City, there was no real repair time. And I think this has happened for a lot of people, honestly, since COVID. There's been no real repair and recalibration from that period of time, which was really traumatic for all of us. And so even when I was living in New York, the drinking did not help. So when I stopped drinking, that really helped my skin intensely, but I would still struggle like a little bit every now and again. And when I say struggle, I would get like two or three pimples and it was just still unlike me. It was unlike me in that and I know compared to other people, it's nothing, but I also want to remind you guys that when your skin is breaking out or you're having skin issues, your body is trying to tell you something. Glowing skin that is smooth and that is, you know, free of breakouts and rashes and eczema is normal. It's not common these days, but it's normal. And obviously things grow through seasons. If I'm really stressed or if my gut health is out of whack or if we've, if, been, if we've been traveling or whatever, yeah, sometimes I can get a pimple. But, and that was kind of always been my normal. But for me, what wasn't normal for me and my health, so I knew my body was still out of whack, was never feeling like, majority of the time my skin was clear. It was like, I'd be lucky if my skin was clear for a few days and then I would get a little breakout. And even though they were a lot smaller and barely anything compared to what I was struggling with during COVID, it was still there and it was really frustrating me. Anyway, so 
the, the quitting drinking definitely helped because it took that stress off my adrenals and the stress and, and just took the, took the toxic load off my body, which was really helpful. But what I will say, what really cleared it up was one, I definitely had some gut stuff that I had to work on that I wasn't aware of because I wasn't getting my bloods done regularly. So I need, when I moved to Atlanta, I went and got my bloods done and got a stool analysis. And I was like, oh, we have some, we have some gut things we need to balance out. So that definitely helped. But you know what really helped was actually leaving New York. Now, not to move to Atlanta firstly. So when I was living in New York, you guys would know my parents came and I saw them for the first time in like three years at the end of 2021. At the end of 2020, what the fucking, what year are we in? Yes. At the end of 2021, no, sorry, at the beginning of 2022, very beginning, they came to New York to visit me and it was amazing, whatever. One, that cleared up my skin because that subconscious stress of the jail sentence that we've all been in of when am I going to see my parents? When am I going to see my family again? And my loved ones, that subconscious stress was obviously affecting me more than I knew and I didn't, and I, and I couldn't fix it. Right. Because fixing it was about seeing my family. So as soon as I saw my family, my skin cleared up back to the way it used to be 1000%. Uh, and when I say used to be, I mean like clear skin. So it wasn't having the breakouts. That was great. Then they left. And then I met my now fiance. I met them. I met him when I was with them. Anyway, point being is that once we started traveling a lot together and I was flying to and from New York, my skin started being a little bit unhappy again. It wasn't the same as what it was in London, but I was getting, you know, breakouts kind of here and there, still not normal for me. When I moved to Atlanta, my skin has been the way that it used to be pre-COVID and everything. Why? I truly believe it's because my body has been able to recalibrate and re-regulate my nervous system. So we'll probably move back to New York. It's a conversation, et cetera. Um, we'll probably move back to New York in, you know, four to five years, but we'll live in a house like, you know, 30 minutes outside of the city. Um, Cause now that I have a house and with the four dogs and everything, I'm just like, I can't go back to being in a squeeze box apartment. And even though I had a huge apartment, it was still it's a huge apartment for like New York standards. It was still too small for me and living with someone. It's just a lot in, in New York, in the city. Anyway, so why I want to share with this with you guys is because if a couple of things, one, there's a lot of subconscious stuff that's held behind skin issues that I, you know, healed for myself and then also heal with clients. And then number two is just to normalize that we all had health shit going on during COVID times. We all did. And I sometimes have health issues going on when life is fucking crazy. You are not perfect. I am not perfect. We are all human. It's okay to not have everything perfect all the time. You're not broken. Nothing's wrong. Your body is just telling you, I need some sleep. I need to relax. I need a break, etc., etc. Start to actually listen to the cues and the symptoms of your body and try and fix the root, not just use a Band-Aid. So moving to Atlanta um, to be with my fiance has been such an incredible thing for my nervous system. And I'm really glad that I did it. Yes, I miss New York. You guys know that I've done an episode on it. And I don't think I would have been able to survive in New York if I didn't have this time to recalibrate myself. Because when I, when my parents came to New York to visit me, we went skiing for a while and I was skiing with him after they left a lot during January, February, and March. And my skin was incredible. Why? We were in the mountains so much. I was spending so much time in nature, so much time in the mountains, and I needed it. My body needed 
the rest. It needed the recovery. It needed to feel safe and relaxed and to have all that subconscious stress removed from its system. Seeing my family again and then being in a beautiful relationship and in the mountains definitely did some good things to me. A thousand percent. That doesn't mean you need to get into a relationship to feel stress-free because relationships don't aren't just stress-free, FYI. It was just that it all happened in beautiful synchronicity. And I think that it's all contributed to the health that I now have regained for myself today, 1000%. Okay, last thing let's go into, and then I need to stop because I've literally then been doing two hours of this About Me podcast series. Business. Okay, so I mean, I think I've done quite a few like business updates episodes as we go. So I'm going to keep this really short and sweet because I am giving you guys a new business update, or maybe I already have anyway. I don't know. There'll be a business update one coming soon. So one thing that we really have been trying to do in the last few years is, no, in the last few months, sorry, is focus on getting you guys off Instagram and being reliant on that and more on emails in that we are sending out so much more goodness and content and helpful tips and tricks and value in the emails. Reason being is because I don't own Instagram and we don't know whether Instagram's going to be there forever. And for complete authenticity, I don't want to be reliant on showing up on my Instagram stories for you guys when there's three kids, not three, sorry, two, please, kids running around in the house. doesn't mean I don't want to show up for you guys. It means that I don't want to have to feel like I have to. And this is really important because if you are constantly feeling like you have to do something in your business, it's going to end up burning you out. And the reality is, is that it's not sustainable long-term for you to have to show up every single day on camera when you're trying to grow your life. So to have the ability to not be reliant on a social media platform that you don't own is really important for your business. So just FYI for everyone out there and an FYI that you should be on my email list if you're not already on it because we're putting so much more into the emails and I really want to try and get you guys off Instagram for your own sake and also for my sake because I can't, I don't want to have to worry about being sick and pregnant or, you know, tired with postpartum, like being in postpartum and be exhausted and having to show up online to make sure that I'm delivering value to you guys. I want to be able to sometimes feel like I can shoot an email out and you guys will open it, read it, see it and get that value even though it's not been on Instagram. And I'm not, I'm not saying that I'm manifesting getting sick when I'm pregnant, but I'm just saying that we don't know what happens. Life happens. So it's really good to just feel like your business and your life is a little bit bulletproof, if that makes sense. Friends, Magic Money Manifestation Level 2 is open for enrollment again. And as it is the start of the year, there is seriously no better time than to break through the glass ceiling. So if you feel like you've hit a limit with your manifestations and your money and abundance coming in, then this is for you. All the details of how to join plus the payment options that you have, including a payment plan, are below. And if you read the website page, it'll give you a really good idea of whether this program is going to help you or not. If you have any questions about it, please feel free to DM me or send an email to support at monarchyhateshealth.com and I will answer it as soon as I can. So over the course of my business in the last five years, I've definitely transitioned from less marketing around periods and more around trauma, feminine and masculine, um, 
and that kind of stuff. It doesn't mean that I don't do period stuff anymore. I still do so much period stuff. It just means that my business is now very much this whole picture when I am marketing. It's I do everything. And so it's very hard to just be talking about periods or just be talking about X, Y, and Z. Now what I'm, what we're really trying to do and what I'm really trying to do is, okay, how do I let the world know that I do all of these things, can help you in all of these areas to a very, very high extent, and I'm an expert in all of these areas. So we're really trying to navigate that now in the business, um, which has been really interesting. But as my as I evolve, my business evolves 1000%. That's just a rule of thumb as you're running a business where you are the business essentially. However, what I want to say, and I said this to my team the other day because I realized this is really important, is that something that I, something that I do not want to lose is I don't want to lose the foundational things and teachings that got me to where I am today. So sometimes what I notice other people doing in their business, and everyone can do this their own way, obviously, this is just, I'm sharing my perspective, is that when they go into a new season of life, like motherhood, they stop talking about those earlier, like the things they used to talk about, and they just talk about motherhood and manifesting it and X, Y, and Z and getting into it and what it's like, blah, 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 and how they show up in it and et cetera. But what I always, what I was thinking about the other night is, but all of those foundational pieces that you don't talk on anymore or don't teach on anymore or don't do programs on anymore, that is what has allowed you to show up as the mother that you are today. Why this is important and why I'm bringing it up is that I don't want any of you guys feeling like you could do, I don't know. Okay. So I'm launching this program called Her this year and it's for feminine leadership. So anyone in any kind of leadership role in life that's a woman can do this program. You do not need to have your own business. So let's say for example, that I was saying to the women in her, or when I was marketing, let's say I'm marketing this program, her, right. And you can get on the wait list. Let's say that I'm saying like, all you have to do is do these things that I'm teaching you in her. And then you're going to have the life that I have today, et cetera, et cetera, whatever, just to put that really generally. I'm like, well, that's not true, is it? Because the version that I am today that I am then teaching you on or helping you with so that you can embrace her that I'm sharing with this course, which I haven't outlined yet. So just don't quote me on any of this. The reason why I can show up the way that I can show up today is not just because of the things that I'm teaching you in her. It's also because of everything in Queen Alchemy in Be Loving on a Mother, in my Boundaries Masterclass, in MMM Level 1, in all these other programs that I developed a lot earlier in my business. But why they're so important is because some of them, yes, they're a bit like baby Monica when in the whole scheme of things, but that Monica is so important to this Monica. Like I wouldn't be me without her. So I hope that you guys are kind of understanding what I'm trying to get across, which is that I don't want to lose those foundational aspects of my business that has gotten me to be the version of the woman that I am today. So for example, healing my relationship with my period has heavily helped me in showing up in my relationship. For example, it's allowed me to show up in my business with more feminine grace and leadership. It's allowed me to show up it's allowed me to heal my relationship with my body in a better way, like all of those kind of things. So I am really going to ensure 
as best as I can, that even though I am evolving through my life and therefore my business will evolve, I am who I am today because of all of these foundational pieces that I have been bringing to the table for you guys in the last four or five years. And I'm not just going to forget about that and be like, oh, this is the new me. This is the, like, if you just learn X, Y, and Z, then you can become me because that's not true in my mind. Like I had to go through all those things in the last four years. I had to heal all these things. I had to embrace my sexuality and my sensuality, my period. And my, I had to embrace being able to speak up and I had to embrace, you know, I had to learn how to lap dance. And I, ha- and I believe that all of those things have made me the woman that I am today. Like, so let's say for example, I'm in an interview for my book and the interviewee says, the interviewer says, so Monica, if we were to scroll through your archive, we would see, you know, you dripping fruit down your tits and doing way more lap dancing and like X, Y, and Z. Do you not believe in that anymore? Would you not, do you not agree with what you were doing back then? I would say absolutely not because I would not be the woman that I am today without all of those steps that I had to go through to become her, to become me. So I would never just like cancel all the Queen Alchemy and throw all those programs out and be like, actually, they're all bullshit. Here's the new way of doing it. Because all of those teachings, all the stuff that is in those programs, I had to do myself. They helped me to embrace my inner queen, my boundaries, my ability to manifest, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And in fact, if I was to like throw all those out and be like, let's just start from fresh, from the version I am today, it wouldn't be as powerful because I would forget. I would, I will, I know I have forgotten a thousand percent. And actually one of the jobs of my assistants is to go through some of these older content and pull out like quote unquote basic teachings that I've probably forgotten. I've forgotten those things because they're so embodied that I don't think about them anymore. So I would forget to bring them to the table for all these women and therefore they wouldn't get the results. They wouldn't get the results because I'm teaching in a way or I'm healing in a way or I'm talking in a way that is missing so many of those vital steps because they're so ingrained in me now. I don't even think about them anymore. So that is something that is really that I'm really going to ensure that we keep in the business is those foundational things that may seem old quote unquote, and I know everybody wants new, but in order for you to even find the new content of mine or the new programs of mine really powerful, I believe that you need to actually go through some of those older courses, the older content, the older programs to actually be like be in a place where you could fully receive that newer content, if that makes sense. So my old stuff will never go anywhere. I believe that it truly has a really important place and I'm going to leave the podcast there. I feel like that was a good way to finish it. So I hope that you guys have enjoyed this new About Me series. Very, very long, but a lot has happened in these last few years to give you guys an update on where I'm at with life. I want to give you guys a few quick facts about me to wrap up. So off the top of my head, a couple of things is that firstly, I love green tea need it every single morning without a doubt. Or if I don't have green tea, I need some kind of tea in the morning, but green is my ideal, but I hate green and jasmine. It gives me like an itchy throat. Second thing is, is that when I get tired, my 
and, and, get, and talk too much. My nose gets really itchy, as you guys can tell. So my nose is red because I've been itching it. I don't know why that happens. Number three is that whilst New York City is absolutely my soul's home, for right now in this season of my life, Atlanta and living here and being in nature and being in the big house has been so so vital for me and for this phase of the business and this phase of life. And I, you know, you guys will have, if you don't already, you'll have a business update very, very soon on where things are moving all in a good direction. I'm just, I know you guys are very interested in those business updates. Um, it's just fascinating. And you guys are curious and I completely understand why I'm obsessed with Christmas, quite literally obsessed. If you guys could see our house right now, we have a 12 foot Christmas tree fully decorated. It took my fiance, not joking over a week to fucking get these lights on the trees. Our whole banister that goes wraps all the way up the landing of our first floor or second floor basement, I guess is like minus one, right? So first floor is fully decorated in lit up garlands with red ribbons, red bows, and um, not acorns, pine cones, pine cones. Um, absolutely obsessed with Christmas. And it's my favorite time of the year without a fucking doubt. My December, my December, my birthday is December 11. I'm a Sagittarius. I'm a double Sagittarius, actually. I'm an Enneagram 8. What else? Was born in Melbourne, grew up in New York, moved back to Sydney, then back to Melbourne. Um, what else? What else? What else? I feel like they're the main things off the top of my head. I love eggs and avo. I eat it pretty much every morning for breakfast. Um, what else? What else? I naturally have very long, thick hair. I've had people say to me, like, or like mean people comment like, oh my God, it's so obvious you have extensions or like how much of that hair is fake. And I'm like, what? So I have very naturally, I have natural, very, my God, I can't even talk anymore, guys. I'm done. I naturally have very thick hair. Some of you guys will also have noticed that one of my eyes has got quite a large speck of brown in it. My dad has the same thing in the opposite eye. Uh, What else? What else? What else? What else? I feel like that's pretty good. I'm losing my Australian accent so heavily with so quickly, heavily. I, I can't even talk anymore, guys. It's 7.30 p.m. I've been talking way too long for these episodes. Um, I'm going to leave it there. I really am. Anyway, I hope that you guys enjoy the new About Me episodes. Let me know if you did because it took me a long time to make it. It's going to take me a long time to edit. And I appreciate when you guys let me know these things. Okay, have a lovely start to the year. If you haven't bought the New Year's Eve bundle, you still can buy it. I'd recommend doing so. And I will see you guys in the next episode.